What up, everybody? It's Cuff of the Vision Lab Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. If you're looking for the best insurance and customer service, make sure you pick up the phone and dial 972-645-1844. Whether it's home, life, or business insurance, Robert and his staff are the best at protecting you and your family. Once again, that's Farmers Insurance, the Robert Garcia Agency. Agency. The phone number, 972-645-1844. And the website is farmersagent.com forward slash R Garcia. And don't forget to mention the Vision Lab podcast. I grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, and then I moved to, I went to UW-Whitewater for college. After college, I wanted to move pretty much anywhere, anywhere I could get a job. Um, while I was in college, I also did, I lived in San Antonio, like I just said. Um, so my first place I could go, I got a boyfriend um, in Phoenix. Um, I had met him studying abroad. I studied abroad in Sevilla, Spain. That was really crazy for me to do. No one in my family had ever done that. So I was like the first person and I worked so hard to be able to do that. And my parents helped and they worked really hard to help me, but like we were all in it together. So that was really oh. special. Yeah. So and then recently New York for a little bit. Yep. Yep. So I'm currently, I'm, I'm, my home base is here in Denver, Colorado. Got a Coors uh, home base. Um, and then my second home base is Reno, Nevada. That's where I started my company. That's where I had some really intense formative years. So Reno's got a piece of my heart. And then um, recently, yeah, we spent about six or seven weeks um, in change in um, first we were in Brooklyn and then we were in lower Manhattan. Um, but yeah, we were in New York. Welcome back to the Vision Lab podcast in partnership with Nexon Creative. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. The Vision Lab is the official growth mindset podcast for all visionaries worldwide, showing mad love to the cigar community. It's here in the lab where we uncover people's visions and dreams and how those dreams actually come into reality. Folks, it's all about tapping into and becoming the absolute best versions of ourselves through self-discovery, self-examination, and self-actualization. Yo, we're super excited. We got a banger about to pop off here. AMO, what we got in the lab? Uh, Cuff, today's guest, as you've heard, uh, is a native of Appleton, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. She is the CEO of the social media company, McLernan & Co. Please welcome the wonderful Amanda McLernan to the Vision Lab podcast. Hello. What up, what up, what up, and good morning. How are we doing? great how are you good. good to finally uh talk again to you partner it's been, it's been a minute i know i know i'm excited to hear i'm excited to connect again though even just one-on-one -on -one. because you were you've been i mean you've been working hard like, i have been i have been hard absolutely um so obviously you know you and i know each other for, for a while now it's, it's funny we, we met basically about a year ago through social media and uh, the things that we, you know, talked about then are like full circle now, right? But for, for our visionaries, that's what we call our listeners, the visionaries. For them who are hearing your voice and seeing your face for the first time, um, who is Amanda McLernan? Yeah, well, Amanda McLernan um, is a person. Um, and um, I, I'm the CEO and founder of McLernan Co. Um, McLernan Co. is a social media agency. Um, we are just about to turn five. We turn five in August. Congratulations. Um, August what? Uh, August 25th. 
Okay, my daughter's birthday is the 23rd and my birthday is the first. So that's a cool month. I love that is it's a magical month. Um big move, big moves in August. That's what yeah. I and uh yeah, so McLaren and Co. The reason I started McLaren and Co., the social media agency, um, this was back before being in social media was cool. Like no one was in social media. Everyone was in digital media, but everyone looked at social media as like that thing that some of the girls did. Frankly, that was like the vibe. That was the energy. Cause I worked in the agency space and that was pretty good. And I was, a, I was a digital strategist for, um, a local, a really strong local agency in Reno, but I just loved social. I mean, I just loved it. And I, I am my grandmother's daughter. I am a social butterfly. So this came very naturally to me. It was just a tool. And I've been on social media since I was 11. Um, but the reason I actually started my agency was back in 2016. That is when we saw the, the slug down of red versus blue for like the first insane time on social media. Like that was insane. Um, and uh, I didn't love how polluted our digital world had become. And so right. I found myself lamenting, which was my like positive word for complaining. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's a good SAT one too. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. So I found myself lamenting to a friend, like, I don't understand why we can't just keep social media social. Like, let's just be social. And, you know, to me, that means a lot of things. We'll get into that. But that's then August 25th is the, the day the mission started as well. And so I knew yeah. we had to do the social media agency first. Now we've built Keep Social Media Social into a community, a certification program for individuals and agencies. We've just launched that. Um, and there's so much more. And now today we are also a company that is trying to actually get people offline, ironically, um, because, <laughs> yeah, which we'll get into that too. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is, that is all my work. And then Amanda McLaren, the person, oh my God, you guys, I love to travel. I love to make art. I love my boyfriend. Like I'm a pretty, I'm in a pretty good spot in my personal life right now, which is awesome. Cause I haven't yeah. been. So that's, uh, that's Amanda McLaren. Well, the reason we had you on the show, um, uh, at the time that we dropped this episode, it'll be right in the middle of May and May is mental health awareness month. Yes, it as, is. A C, as a CEO of a social media agency, um, how do you make sure that your people are good? I mean, obviously, we're going to get on you in, in a second, but how do you make sure your people are good? You know, it is really up to, the first thing is, I make sure my people are good by making sure that I am good. Because if I am not good, my people are certainly not good. And we're not going to talk about me, but it, like right in this answer. But the first thing is, is that if I am feeling burnt down on social, or if I am feeling burnt out on Zoom, my team is feeling the same way. So how do I be proactive? How do I make sure, and I call, I call up my team member, Jesse, and I say, Jesse, have you taken lunch today? Jesse, like, have you gotten offline for an hour today, like as a break? And then if I notice Jesse online past her working hours, and my team does have different working hours because we let each other flex for the schedule. But if I notice that Jesse is working beyond what I believe her working hours are, I say like, hey, Jesse, like, how's your workload right now? Like, because I deeply believe in a 40 hour work week. So I, I really protect my team's mental health by holding standards as the boss. And I, and I absolutely love that. And there's, I'm sure you've heard of Simon Sinek and 
would you consider yourself, and I don't know age range wise, by the way, when the when this episode comes out, comes out on your birthday. So yeah. happy early birthday and happy birthday to you. Thanks. I will be 30. I'm 30. Yes. Oh. That'll be awesome. Congratulations. Welcome to adulting. Thank you. Um, the late 20s were rough. So glad to be here. <laughs> so so I'm sure you're familiar with Simon Sinek. Yes. And your generation. I don't know if you're a millennial or not. I don't I know. I am, okay. I am like exhibit a millennial. Okay. So, and that's what's so interesting because she's talking about, hey, I believe in, in uh, 40 hour work week, but most importantly, I care about my people and I care um, about the impact that I'm making into the world. Before we get into that, I've got to ask, why is mental health so important to you? Yeah. Mental health is really important to me for a few reasons, but the biggest reason is it's really close to home. So the first thing is mental health is something that absolutely everyone, no matter their race, sex, age, uh, sexual orientation, religion, or physical location has. Every single one of us has a brain. Mental health is health. And the reason I care about it a lot, the reason it hits home is I struggled with my mental health and I didn't know it for a while. Um, I really, it, around age 25, I had a really, really bad um, experience with anxiety, which is just a, it's, you know, it falls under the mental health family, if you will. Um, and then that turned into, um, not that turned into, there was some trauma that I experienced when I was 25 um, and multiple areas of trauma. And I had never really experienced trauma in that way before or like grief in that way before. And I didn't really know how to process grief. Um, so I let, I, 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 you know, I think on your last podcast, you were talking about how when something really bad hurts, you become like a shell of yourself. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, not only became a shell of myself, I became the worst version of myself. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I had to hit a few different rock bottoms for different situations, situations that like, I let myself down. Like I was not, I'm not proud of that behavior. I'm not proud of that behavior today. I've forgiven myself. But for me, that ties to mental health because I was looking back now, like I'm, I'm happy you guys like, and I, I've had great, I've had, energy. great energy. I'm just happy. Like, I'm so happy right now. And I've had to kind of hide that this year because it's been a hard year to share that. Um, but I went through my dark period and I, looking back now, I realized I had gotten so far into these negative talk tracks. Like I had changed. I, the, the neural pathways in my brain were so negative and so dark. And so I care about mental health because I do believe that we all are in, like, I shouldn't, I need to be very careful about what I say here. I believe that many of us are still in control of our mental health. Um, and I believe that we can take care of it just like we would our physical fitness. We can take care of our mental fitness. Yeah. I, I love the, the vulnerability. Thank you for that. Um, I don't know when mental health started to be this buzzword, maybe over oh, like a trending topic. But yeah, it certainly become became more and more trendy. Yep. Um, and, and a lot of people will say, well, shit, that's just shit that I had to go through. You know what I mean? Can you tell us or break the difference between 
you know, dealing with some type of PTSD, right? And and um, versus actually just being upset about the fact that the in real life, happened. yeah, like things happen. I think it depends on what that was for you, the trauma. You know, PTSD. When you study it, like it can be caused from tons of different things. So I think depending on you as a person, how deep, how deeply traumatic was that for you? And you are the only one to be able to say that. And so I believe that mental health is a spectrum. Um, and it, it, you know what, it is a, it is a trend. And if I'm, for some reason, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, and I've, cause I've kind of found my angle in it. My goal is not to be like the mental health person. That's nope. Like I'm not qualified. I don't want to be that. I actually did look this year to potentially go back and um, get a psychology degree. Uh, my aunt, my God, my, she's my fairy godmother. She is a psychologist and I'm surrounded. Um, I'm, I'm surrounded by psychologists, mental health professionals. One of the other things is our I, I'm not going to share too much about this because I really want to um, respect my family um, because it's not my story to share. Um, but my family had a pretty intense year with mental health um, in a pretty deep way that goes well beyond my experience. But I believe that if we were all aware of some of the challenges, just looking out for one another as people, if we were all kind of aware of our own and then others, we could understand when someone was going through suffering a little bit more. So my goal is just to really try to A, remove the stigma, B, say like mental health doesn't need to be like, oh, I've got this terrible PTSD, this terrible problem. Mental health can be as simple as like, wow, I'm really struggling with anxiety right now. You know what I mean? So like it's, it is that spectrum. That's, and then my goal is to actually just help get people get offline because a lot of what I struggled with happened um, while I was online, because I was online, because I was trying to be someone I wasn't not sometimes so that's my goal so you occupy this cool space and you know you're the ceo of a social media agency but you know obviously we're talking about mental health from your perspective as somebody who's in it every single day uh when it comes to social media and mental health what do you think are some of the biggest trappings of social media when it comes to our mental health and how can we avoid them or, or be aware that like hey we're starting to go down the wrong path yeah, so there are a lot of red flags. Um, and because that's that's what I'm going to essentially call that. There's different trappings. There's different things that get you sucked in. And then there's also just red flags um, that you can look for. So the things that might get you sucked in is just the blind consumption. It's the scroll. So the way that UX and UI designers design these things for, they use color. They use the whole placement. Like they're literally called like user interface designers. Like they like. They design these programs to be the most appealing to us because if we spend more time on them, they make more money. Bingo, bingo, right? That makes sense. Um, the way that those apps interact with our brain, like it releases these different chemicals in like the neurotransmitter receptors in our brain. Look, look at my note card because I'm trying to get all my uh, terms exactly the way I want them. But it's all good. yeah, but the, one of the biggest things to look out for is the scroll. Um, it's a, you know, it's a good thing. The other thing is Bumble, Tinder, the swipe. That is so addicting. That is just, I mean, that is just, you could do that for days. 
And then the, because the other thing is, so you swipe, you swipe, you swipe, you swipe, you get the little buzz that you've connected with someone. Oh my God, that makes your heart, like you feel something. And that is what, you know, that releases the chemicals in your brain. You stay on, you continue that. So the number one thing to look out for is unconscious scrolling. Yeah. So you and I first connected right at the onset of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, what would you say would be, I guess the, uh, what's the word I want to use? The biggest discovery, for lack of a better term at the moment, the biggest discovery that, that we as a society have seen when it comes to mental health and social media and that, that because there's a lot of layers to peel on an onion. And it's one thing when we were at the, the onset of the pandemic to where we are now. What have you seen as far as the biggest discovery or transition or find, if you will? Yeah, thank you. The biggest finding that I've read about over the last year is that loneliness is one of the root causes to mental health problems. Yeah. And over the last year, like you guys, even though it's been a bang up year, like in terms of some of my happiness, I'm so lonely. I'm such an extrovert. I miss people terribly, like terribly. And I've still seen people. I've still traveled. I have not cut myself off from the world. And I know some friends who they are just now going back to grocery stores, just now. That, you know what I mean? Like that wasn't the year I had. That's the year some people had. So I think, I think this last year in our, I'm gonna say in our country, because that's where I've been. I've been in this country this year but I know this is going on in our world too. We're so disconnected from yeah. each other as people. And the reason that I really wanna talk about this right now is because data point after data point after data point shows that loneliness is a root challenge in the mental health field. And again, it's a spectrum. So like, but again, some of the challenges that my family has faced, loneliness and isolation was a big part of that getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And it makes sense because um, like neuroplasticity, or you got, um, yeah. So, cause you guys have really smart listeners. So like neuroplasticity, but for anyone, for anyone new to the term neuroplasticity essentially means, hey, your brain can still change. Your brain is, even as an adult, it's not exactly what we, what some people thought of kids. Like, oh, your brain just completely stops developing. A lot of your brain stops developing, but neuroplasticity essentially means that you do have a changing brain. But the thoughts that you think and the words that you write, I know you guys talked about that in your last podcast, matter. And so yes. the thought, like the neural pathways that the thoughts that you think get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into your brain, right? And they get pretty, they, they get deep. Well, when you're not super far down into your, into the path, you can, a lot of people can still work on that. So for example, um, like one of the big things that I learned in therapy and a lot of things that impacts women is anxiety. Um, it probably impacts men too, but I don't know the male experience right now. And I haven't spent as much time researching just lovingly because I'm like a year and a half into this whole research experiment so or project. So bear with me. But for women, one of the things about anxiety um, is just kind of having these consistent thoughts and they're different for all, all whoever the woman, do you know what I mean? But just a consistent like voice in this back of their head that's not very nice, do you know what I mean? Like that's not, an, that's not the nicest voice but it's a voice we listen to because um, they're not always wrong. 
Do you know what I mean? They're not nice, but they're not always wrong. So a negative neural pathway might be like, am I pretty? Yeah, I'm not pretty, or I don't sound smart enough. Do you know what I mean? Those are negative neural pathways, but yeah. we need, so we need to stop that neural pathway. So when we have that thought, we need to, we need to get out of our brain, observe ourselves and say, you know what, that is a thought, but that's not a thought I'm going to keep thinking because that's no longer serving me. That's not helping me. So I'm not pretty. First of all, you, you might not be able to jump from I'm not pretty to I'm pretty because it's going to feel like lying to yourself. And we don't believe ourselves when we lie to ourselves, you know? That's, that's good. Yeah. So, but what's the next step? So let's, I'm not pretty to, you know what? Like, I just need a positive. So um, I really like my lips or I really like my hair or I, you know what? I really like my smile. Or I really, I have kind eyes. You know what I mean? Like, or not a physical attribute. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't need to be physical. Like, I am proud of the way I listen to my friends. How good is that? Yeah, you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, so that's, that's this like, affirmations. Bingo, bingo. Let me ask you this, um, because you said that you started social media when you were 11 years old. Yes. Okay. So roughly 19 years, almost 20 years, two decades of being involved, swiping, you know, scrolling down. Hitting the like button. Hitting like buttons, looking for likes, qualifying yourself based off of the engagement that you've received. Almost two decades of that, right? How can we protect our children and um you know, our, our teenagers, and, and now you've got kids that are five, six years old, seven years old. Yeah, that they, have, they don't know a world without social media. They have cell phones and social media. So how do we protect them? Well, I believe in boundaries. Um, I mean, boundaries are something I learned about in therapy. A lot of people are learning about boundaries right now. I want to take the definition of boundaries and move past just like the clinical definition and literally think about some actual boundaries, like real life tangible things. Um, when I was 11 years old, my first um, experience with social media was AOL Instant Messenger, and my mom set up some boundaries that I had to follow. These are rules. Do you know what I mean? So first of all, how can we protect our children? We as parents can make and enact rules and boundaries because they are the adults. It is up to us as adults to hold the standard and set the standard for kids. And right now, I got to be really honest. I think there's a lot of adults who don't set that standard for the kids. Sure. It looks to be... A lot, of, a lot of young parents and new parents look to be the kid's friend versus their parent. And that's totally different from, you know, my parents' generation and what they grew up with to where you are. I mean, we're talking four different generations. A lot of them want to be befriend the child. And I mean, that's a whole different rabbit hole because you start to get into single family homes and things like that. But or single, yeah, single, single, parent, single home. parent homes, excuse me. Yeah. Um, and it, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No. Well, I was going to ask, like, did you, did your parents have rules around technology? Or, uh, no. You didn't have no. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have so I got to college. Yeah. Right. So it's a different generation, right? But we certainly had boundaries um, and, and, and rules. I didn't have my first cell phone until I was a freshman in college. And 
it wasn't that my parents couldn't afford it or wouldn't get me one. It was for what you experienced or what other people experienced with, you know, the vulnerability that you're in, right? So I got one and I'll never forget this. I was actually in the training room, bro. Mm -hmm. uh, get, I, and I bought a, a Qualcomm, which is the Samsung Ooh. now. I bought a Qualcomm flat uh, cell phone. That was my first phone in, as a freshman in college. So what am I, 18 years old? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a little bit different for, for you it now. It is a little bit different. Yeah, I just think boundaries. So one of the rules that we had growing up was we only had a computer in the family room. No, so first of all, also, and I still to this day have some of these rules in our house. So just bear with me and also no judgment zone. Okay. Oh, it's um, so we grew up, we grew up with zero cable and we had like maybe 12 channels and we had times that we were allowed to watch the TV and not allowed. So I spent a ton of time outside as a kid, like a ton of time. And then we had a computer room in the family room and people could see the screen. So you can't, you can't, can't mess around because anyone can walk by. So you're doing something shady, like the whole family's gonna see it. And then um, I got my first cell phone, which was, I think it was a slider. Um, it was one of the slider, slider and then yeah. So it was it was the slider and then it was the flip and then it was the then it was like a brick, like oh the the little brick, and then it was the BlackBerry, and then it was the iPhone. But I was a late, I was a late bloomer for the iPhone. I and I'm still a late bloomer for the iPhone. I run a social media agency, and this is like four or five years old. Like that is that's funny to me. But um, but I think the first thing is boundaries, and the second thing is modeling good behavior for kids. Um, yeah. um well, let me tell you the story about a mini like getaway I took this summer and what I experienced because it was strange. Okay, so let me paint a picture for you. It is um, July of 2020 and um, I'm here in Denver. My godbrother, um, the one I stayed with in New York, or I stayed at his house, his name is Derek. He's my favorite. Um, he's like, I want to come in. Um, why don't you and I just go to Vail? Um, and I'm like, yes. Um, Let's do that. Um, he, Derek is a baller. Um, and I know I'm a CEO of a company, but I'm just a, like, I mean, I'm bootstrapping you guys. I'm bootstrapping this thing all the way home. Um, so Derek's a baller and I'm like, okay, like, yeah, let's go to like, yeah, I'm not gonna say no to that. Um, so we go and um, it's like, it's safe. It's all pretty much closed down. So like you wear your mask everywhere. You're very polite. Like everyone's happy, you know? Um, so we go to the pool and the pool is super, again, super safe. People are like moved out in different spaces and there's only so many people involved at the pool. And so there's parents and there's kids. And I am like, oh my God. And cause I went, I did really intense lockdown from about March, 2020 until about, yeah, July. This was my first kind of experience out of the house. So like, I mean, I was intense lockdown for that time. And I was also in a studio for much of that time. So like a super tiny, just, I mean, super tiny studio. And then even we moved into this house, but this house is relatively small. So I was like feeling it. Um, so we get outside, we're at this pool, everything's safe. You know, you, you, you have your mask on when you're up and about, but like when you sit down, you take it off and you do your stuff. 
And so I'm like, I am getting in that pool because nothing sounds better than jumping into a pool, like swimming. Like I want to swim. I haven't done anything for months. And so I get in this pool and I come up and I pop my head up. And I mean, I probably look 12 and I do not care. Like, I just want to swim in this pool. I pop my head up and there's like a couple kids in the pool and the kids like, we are in a magical land. Like, and the way that the pool, I, so I really like light, like a lot. So the way that the light is dancing off the water and making these amazing patterns, then like I put my head back and I look at the sky and there's like these perfect clouds and you've got the Colorado, like you've got beautiful birch trees and you've got like, you just got Colorado right there. And I am like, fuck, I'm in heaven. Like, this is it. I am in heaven. Like, thank you, God. Like, thank, thank you. Thank you, universe. Thank you for letting me have this moment. So I like push my legs down and I pop my head up, you know, so you're like, you're doing one of these. And I look around and every single other adult, including my friend Derek, was glued to their phone. Mm. And very transparently, they all looked miserable. And this was during this, I mean, this was the height of intensity. This is July, so we are still pre-political season. This is COVID, so like nothing. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, what the fuck is on there that is better than this right here? Because this is the best. So I think that's the thing that people underestimate about COVID. Like, what an amazing concept of virus that stops us from interacting with each other. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down and watch this. We have social media, excuse me, we have cell phones, social media, COVID, which isolates everybody. Can you imagine? That's a triple threat, right? The amount of depression, the amount yes. of social anxieties. Yep. We had Jeremy Ryan Slate yep. on the show a while back. This is a pretty cool short story. Yeah. He's got a two-year-old daughter. My daughter will be two in a couple months. You've got a three-year-old. Yeah, she'll be three. She's still two? She'll be three in October. Oh, okay. Um, so he says his daughter, who's growing up in this, like, you got to think, one, two, that, that's not a lot of years to be on this earth, right? Her experience of most of recent is in the COVID world. Yep. She, she takes her dolls and puts masks on them. So, so you've got a lot of different societal, political, emotional, um, social pressures that, that, that are coming in on our youth, right? That they're growing up in this society. And so as we look at mental health, you know, I think that you're, you're dead on, you're spot on with, hey, limit the amount of, of time, set boundaries, specific boundaries. Um, what other things do parents, or even if they're, um, you know, guardians, parents, guardians, but like a college students and, and, and older adults, like what should, what else should we be looking for? Okay, there's a few things. Thank you for asking. So one of the first things I want to talk about is just a concept, okay? Because we can do these things and I'm going to give you tangible things to do. But what you need more than anything is radical self-accountability and responsibility. Because without either of those things, there's not a damn trick in the world that I will teach that anyone will actually do. 
You know what I mean? Like this, you are the only person who can hold yourself accountable if you're an adult. And um, so that's that's the first thing. You need that as a base. And that's a pretty good base for life. Um, I know a lot of visionaries know that. Um, it's just a pretty good base for life. Um, but other tips. So there's a few things. I'm going to show my phone here. Um, so see, this is me and my cute boyfriend. I love him very much. Um, I'm, I'm having, I'm, we're, we're in a really fun spot in the relationship. We're about to be like, like two years we live together. It's like, we're making it a home. I'm just smitten kitten over here. Um, <laughs> thanks. But anyway, so see how we've got us here in color. There's three clicks and see how this turns into black and white. So this is a shortcut that you can set up on your phone. Um, it's also possible if you um, have Samsung, there's like a shortcut you can get to. Just Google how to get black and white shortcut on my phone and then follow the steps. Um, this matters because color impacts um, the receptors in our brain and different colors evoke more chemicals than others. So like red is one of the colors that evokes the most, um, some of the most emotion. Um, yeah, I know, look at that red hat. Um, but basically people utilize colors in different ways. And it's something that marketers have known for years. It's something that I like to teach other people because I believe that people should understand when they're being marketed to so they can make a conscious purchasing decision because I believe in conscious purchasing decisions, not unconscious purchasing decisions. So one thing that I think all people can do is just, if you're spending too much time on your phone, just turn it into black and white. Um, and it's immediately gonna be less fun to be on. Um, I think the next thing is putting up boundaries with specific apps. So one of the concepts that I teach in my course um, and my workshop um, and is coming this summer as an offline retreat, um, more on that later, um, but is so GTFO, Get Freedom Online. Um, one of the things I teach is a, a concept of hard self audits. And I'm sure you guys have heard of the concept before. I did not necessarily create the concept of a hard self audit but I did realize, so hard self-audits, you ask yourself hard questions. That's, that makes sense to me. But when I realized when I was at my low was sometimes the reason hard self-audits are really, really hard is because the answers are really hard because you're not proud of who you are. So I think one of the other things that people can do is in order to have that accountability and that self-responsibility, they can ask themselves, look in the mirror, like how much time am I spending on this thing? You know, one thing, one thing that has come up in my boyfriend's circle a lot. Um, and my boyfriend doesn't do this and I'm not, I don't care if people do, but like we've seen some friends get really into it is um, sports betting right now is like, yep. it's like off the chains. And I'd like to like really remind people that there used to be a lot of rules about gambling and advertising because um, your integrity of everything. Yeah, and there's a lot of gambling online right now. And I just, um, you know, I'm not anti-gambling at all. I've lived in Reno, like I've spent time in Vegas, but I believe that people need to set boundaries. And when it's so available on social media, that becomes addicting. And that, and then you got money into that too. Like it's gonna become, so I think the thing that people need to ask themselves is looking themselves in the mirror. And I mean, really literally look yourself in the mirror and like, how much time am I spending online? Where am I going online? Am I proud of where I'm going online? If, if where I went online was published to my mother or my sister, 
or my daughter, would I be proud of that? Or would I not be proud of that? And women can ask themselves the same question. I mean, I'm going to go here. This is not a kid-friendly show, right? Or like, I don't, like, let's talk about porn for a second. Like, there are all sorts of different avenues for porn online. Women watch porn too. This is, you know, but like, how is the porn created? Is it ethical? And what's, you know what I mean? Like, what is going on behind that? And how do you choose ethical porn sites? You know what I mean? And you can do a Google for ethical porn sites. They exist. Well, define an ethical porn site. Yes, this is, yes. I'm interested in that. Yeah. Uh, the women, the woman has consented. The woman, no, not just the woman. Let me, you know what? I'll, I'll apologize. That was biased. The woman, the man, or the other gender identifying person. And I'm very sorry if I messed that up. Um, I'm not exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, Consent, it's, consenting parties. Consenting parties. It, it's it's too much. Yeah. There's no Anybody, but it's too much to keep up. No, it's too much. Yeah, I super love to everyone. Any consenting party, first consenting, second compensated fairly. If they are choosing to do porn and they are consenting to it, they deserve to be compensated and they deserve to understand their contracts. And they should be of age. That's a simple one. Like that's easy peasy. And there's a there's challenges in that industry. There's challenges. Ethical oh, you Google ethical porn sites, and then there's new companies now who have started, like they and they 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 put their mission out there. Um, yeah, I'm saying, I, 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 but the people behind ethical porn sites they have to be millennials. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we're the ones doing every like. Oh yeah, oh my god, I, I've been talking to multiple friends about ethical porn for years, and everyone's like, let's just do it, let's just do it. But all of our moms would kill us, so we're like. <laughs> Let's, so now we're like, no, 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 let's get, let's do these other businesses. Let's get these businesses making money. And then as soon as we've got 10 grand, let's invest in ethical porn. Yes. That's my plan. So I, in two years, I'll be looking to invest in ethical porn. Okay. All right. Can we get in on, get in on early like Dogecoin and, and, and Bitcoin and all of this stuff? I think so. I mean, I think so. Um, no, but anyway, I just think you got to do a hard self audit and ask yourself like, what am I doing online? Where am I going? Um, you know, I, I'm not someone who has a ton of experience with dark corners of the internet because I choose to not go there. So I can't speak firsthand about some of the things going on, but I'm not unaware of them, if that makes sense. Um, and I just think it's really, really, really important that people ask themselves because it, it goes, it's not just, you know, porn is one end of the spectrum. It's even like, how am I commenting to other people online? So I think people need to take responsibility for their behavior, but that also means where am I going online? How much time am I spending online? And then what am I doing to get off? And I do think at a certain point, um, I have phone boxes in my house. So this is like another tip. A phone box is a box where I hide my phone from myself, but I, own, I have a few of them. So like if I check one and it's not there, I have checked and I'm like, ah, Amanda, remember we put the phone in the phone box because we don't want to be on the phone right now. Is this urgent? Or can this wait? It's a barrier. It's a boundary between me and my habit of picking up the phone. Yeah, that's good. Hey, real quick, we, we got to pay some bills. Absolutely. But I want to come back to that because there's something that, that I realized this past weekend. But before we do that, Mo? Uh, yeah, um, we always say thank, thank you to the people who have, who have helped us get to this point. 
Uh, part of recording for two years, by the way. Yes. Shout out to us. Man, two. Well, what is it? Uh, so when this releases, it'll be the 18th. So, so we're about two weeks. Uh, yeah, two, two roughly two, 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 three weeks. Um, but uh, one of the people who has been instrumental in getting us to this point has been uh, Edwina Brown and the family of Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge in Duncanville, Texas. EB, thank you so much for all your help and support. Uh, you know, congrats on the new location. Uh, you, you know, if you need anything from us, obviously give us a call. Uh, the Instagram handle is at Blowing Smoke. Uh, that's in Duncanville, Texas. And then uh, another one of the brands who has stood with us from the time we spoke with them on the phone through social media has been the good folks at Class A Vodka. Um, Crystal, Tim, thank you guys so much for all your support. Visionaries, we stand on their product for a reason. Um, the Instagram handle is at Class A Vodka. That's Class A with a K. The slogan is Class in Every Glass. We promise you, you will not drink any other vodka but Class A vodka. I mean, listen, and I, we had a conversation about this two or three days ago. Correct. It is so smooth. And this is just off the rip. Like, I really enjoy that product. Really do. So, Crystal, Tim, y'all keep it up. You know, keep keep dropping. We need a case. Let's go. Absolutely. So, where were you going? And I, I, I heard so, your gears turning. Yeah, because, you know, we're talking about mental health, and I don't want to get too far away from that, but all of this plays a huge role and is integral in, in terms of, like, our, our mental um, well-being. Awareness. Yep. What is it? And mental well-being. Mental well-being, our mental hygiene, all that stuff, right? So, this weekend, I went, I was working out, and I had both of my daughters with me, my wife, we're, we're getting it in. And I told Mo this, this from this past weekend is that I looked up and it was almost 2 o'clock. I hadn't even looked at my phone. We're missing out on opportunities with our families, with our loved ones, for the people that, you know, ride or die with you because we're too, we're too busy getting our thumb exercise in, right? And it, I get social media, you know, you have to have it um, for, for businesses. For businesses, you need to be out there. Maybe gonna, in it. I'm going to argue with that. Well, we could do that too. But I, I, I think that a lot of people have gotten away from what truly matters most, which is that one-to-one -one connectivity with the individual. Earlier, you were talking about uh, before going up to bail, how you were just kind of like, oh, I can't, I need to get out and do something. You know, one of the things as a, as a believer in Christ, we were not made to be on this earth alone, right? Yep. Man is not made to be by himself. By himself. Yep. And so I, I like that is innate what you were dealing with. And we we're, we're still in the pandemic. So I don't want to, and you know, yep. Condolences to anyone that, that may have lost somebody during that time due to uh, the coronavirus, and we're and it's still here, right? But we're hopefully skating on the backside and the the, the exit of all of this from a global perspective. But we, we weren't created for isolation, and so um, I, I bring that up because it was really cool. So I, I your story about being in the pool. Yeah. Looking up at the um, clouds, and the, the clouds, and looking at light, I res that resonates with me because I looked up and, like I said, it's two thirty ish. We've been up for hours, and I've not looked at my phone. I may have looked at my phone to like turn my um, alarm off or 
but it was like super, super. But you weren't tied to no, much. No, not at all. So I love what you said about getting a, a box, a couple of boxes, hide boxes, and you put them up. What other things should people, that, that can people do that are super, super simple like that? There's, there's apps that even set yourself up for time limits. Um, the other thing is I just delete the apps from my phone. Um, truly the very best thing. Um, so I do this every Friday. So I primarily use social media these days for business. Um, but my business is also, I do business with friends. You know what I mean? So if we're, if we're exchanging money, we're going to like each other. Cause I don't believe in paying anyone you don't like. And I don't believe in anyone paying me who doesn't like me, you know? So um, I use social media mostly for business. So I use it Monday through Friday on the weekends. I want to spend time with my friends and my family who are just not online. Um, and I want to do things that are not online. So on Friday morning, not even, I don't even wait the whole day. And I, again, I still own a social media agency, but I do other work than anything on social. Um, and I encourage my team to do the same. So we stack our week Monday through Thursday, where we need to do some of our activity and we'll pre-plan. And on Friday morning, I delete my apps. And I keep them deleted until Monday. So that, that's your form of unplugging. Yeah. It's truly amazing. First of all, you realize like, because one of the reasons I burned, I burned out in 2019 is because I was always online and I was always available to anyone who wanted me. And when, when I was giving so many of pieces of myself, whether it be through the business or through Bumble or through, gosh, you know, just anything else, um, I couldn't answer to myself and I was super disconnected from God and I was letting every other person have a piece of me. So I think it's truly powerful to delete that, to make yourself unavailable and not in a jerky way, you know, but. It's funny you mentioned like the whole, that's how you kind of unplug, right? So my, my big thing now, as far as unplugging is and, and Cuff can attest to it, I've, I, I unplug on Sundays. Like yeah. Cuff and I don't communicate as much on Sundays. I personally don't talk as much on Sundays. And the first couple of times I did it, my wife thought something was wrong with me. But it's how, it's how I recharge my battery. Like I wake up on Sunday, do a virtual church service, you yeah. know, get breakfast or brunch with my family. And then I kind of like for a good five or six hours, like I don't really talk much. I got, it's, it's almost, it's not a shit about silence, but I just kind of slow things down in order to get ready because I know when I wake up on Monday morning, I'm a hundred miles an hour again. That is beautiful. And that's a good process. And I think for any visionary listening, I think it's so important to understand that you, even though you're a high performer, cause I would, I would just say that we're all high performers. Right. And, and that, that's an okay thing to be. I, you know, I was again in your last podcast. Um, I, I forget who was saying this, but they were like, I work a lot. Um, I forget the person who was working like overnight at ESPN. I forget who that was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, honey. I'm like, can I get you some dinner? And can, can you please go to sleep? Sorry. My mom, like my inner, like mother, my, my mothering hormones started to come out. But, um, I think even as high performers, you know, it's okay to rest. Um, you know, one of the things I had as a limiting belief when I was younger leading my company, and I mean, remember, I started this at 25, so I was so young, and I was so trying to prove to the world that I was not a fraud, um, that I wasn't going to go out in a few years, that I was really doing this, um, and I think I was just trying to prove that to myself, too, because honestly, a lot of people believed in me, I, and I just felt like I had something to prove, um, but 
one of the things that I felt like was that I couldn't take a break. Um, I couldn't rest because if someone saw me not working, they would think I was lazy. Let me tell you, no one in the world will ever call Amanda McLaren lazy, like ever. But that was the voice inside my head was like, if you rest, if you don't work, if you don't do this, you're lazy. Like if you don't build this, I was trying to scale to a million a year um, within the first three years. And I was close, um, honestly, but it was killing, it was literally killing me. Um, and so at night, though, my anxiety, my head, everything would be rushing. But I realized like, and I couldn't sleep. It was so, it was just, there's so much energy. I also wasn't working out at the time, which is not a healthy, I really needed a place to like put some of that energy in a physical way. Um, but one of the things I had to rewire my brain, like create a new neural pathway was, you know, I had realized there was a core belief in me that realized like I didn't deserve rest for some reason. Um, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. That, that's, that's deep. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've done, you, you, I call it self inventory, right? Looking yeah. at where you are currently versus or against where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You, you worked your ass off over the last five years. Um, the agency's doing well. It's profitable, which is first and foremost, a, a pat on the back, round of applause to you for that, right? Grant Cardone talks about how you have to be successful because your success impacts other people, right? You, you, have, you now have employees, people that work for you, and, and you guys are rocking it out. How difficult is it for you to balance having, you know, mental health being so important to you and fighting against uh, like social media leverage yep. and then running a social media company? It's, it's a challenge, just super transparently, it's a challenge. Um, it was more of a challenge in 2019. And I feel like I had a, in my, um, and Brady Brown writes about this too. And I just laughed because I had never seen this. And I was like, I said that like too. Um, but she like in her, in one of her books, Daring Greatly, she writes during my breakdown, scratch, spiritual awakening. I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. I'm like, I get that. Um, yeah. So my, during my, so my low limit, can I just talk about my, and I'm going to be super fast on my low moment, but um, so my low moment, um, it's 2019. Um, I had almost eight full-time employees. Like that's freaking ridiculous. Can I just tell you guys that like the amount of money that moves on a basis. And again, I don't come from big business. I don't come from big money. I come from a very middle-class family. Like I worked all through high school and college. Um, my parents both work, but we all love it, dude. We love, we loved work. Um, the McLernans loved work, <laughs> um, but um, but the reason I say this is, um, you know, I was, I was really, really, really focused on trying to get to where I was going, um, and I was at the time I was even utilizing a bit of Adderall to do that, um, and it was so funny because, first of all, that's not something. This is in my low, so this is some of the things I'm not proud of just transparently, um, because I have, I was not prescribed at the time. Um, I don't, I've never asked to be prescribed. I'm confident it would help me because the amount of incredible work I did while that happened was like truly amazing, but I don't think it was healthy for me because it triggered a really deep, angry place inside of me. And I was also, I was so green as a boss, like a manager. And like, I had had leadership positions 
but those were all in structured companies where I just had to do that. But in your own company, there's no one creating the structure. You have to be the, you have to create the structure. And so then you also have to create the management and the, all of that. And I, I mean, I was at this point, I was 27 years old. Like I had no idea what I was doing. The Adderall triggered some anger in me transparently. And, um, man, I was not the leader I wanted to be. And I, I was so lonely. I was living in a studio in city park in Denver and I was so single. It was painful. There were nights I would go home on Friday night and I would go out with the team just cause I didn't want to be alone. And I didn't have any, like, and I would text friends, but no one could ever one challenging thing about Denver. And I will say this is a Denver challenge because I've lived a lot of other places and this has not been a challenge. It's hard to get together with people in Denver. Um, it's hard. And because ev everyone always has plans or everyone is always busy and not as many people do things like spontaneously or spur the moment. And I think that's sad. And I think Denver's got to, I think, I think we got to work on that. And I'll say I'm guilty of that sometimes too. But the reason I say that I would go home Saturday or Friday nights after being at the bar late having three martinis for me, three martinis. Now I am literally on the floor, but like three martinis would be the standard every night, three martinis, three martinis, three martinis, sometimes four, sometimes five, sometimes six. I go home and be super, you know, so sleep until 10 on Saturday. And I just like, like, I don't need to do much this weekend, but I would, I would work on Sunday though. Cause what else do you do on Sunday? And I was just in this terrible cycle, but part of me was also like, if I just, if I went, if I went missing, on my route home, because sometimes I'll walk home, sometimes I'll scooter home, sometimes I'll um, bike home. If I went missing on Friday night, no one would notice until like, not even morning on Monday, because what if I just decided not to come in for a few hours? They wouldn't notice until like Monday night. No one would notice I was gone. And like, I remember that feeling of loneliness, like that's so hard. And I think there's a lot of people out there like, and I just want to like hold space for people who've been single through COVID because that is really lonely. And um, so anyway, I was at a low and I was not feeding myself. I, I guess I have issues with food because I just don't eat sometimes. But like for me, I've never really had body image issues. I just sometimes just like, I just was, I just wanted to focus on work. If I could just yeah, focus on it's all being a workaholic. Yeah. So I was, I was a workaholic and, um, I, my body finally quit on me. Like burnout hit my body quit. I was having terrible, terrible stomach pain. Like it felt like someone was stabbing me, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like my appendix. It was just my body, your body, your body feeding on itself. Yeah. And I was like, well, fuck, like I have to go to the ER now. And my rock bottom moment was me realizing I had a business partner at the time. We, we mutually unraveled our business partnership in a very healthy way. But even at the time I was like, well, she's my business partner. I don't want anyone to see me this low because if anyone sees me this low, they're going to lose hope in the business. And cause we were at a pretty critical point. We were on our way. Like we were trying to hit that million a year point. Like I was hustling. We had a ton of clients. And so I thought if, if anyone saw me at this place, they're going to lose faith in me as the leader. So I, um, so I took an Uber to the ER and then I, and it was like a $60 Uber. And I was pretty, even though I was a leader of a big company on its way to doing things, I was only paying myself like 32,000 a year, not even. 
and that's not enough to live on in Denver. You can't live on that. So I was on good months, I would be negative 400 personally, because personally, because the business was growing, but personally, I would be negative 400 to negative 1300. So my credit card debt was racking up. I got to the point where I had like $17,500 in credit card debt, which I was like, oh my God, like I, my hair and it's, it's back now, but my hair fell out all here. See, and it's good. It's better, but all my hair was falling out and it was just low. It was just low in every way. She, and I was so sad. And that was when my mental health was at the worst, but I, I told myself, and I had a conversation with God, because also I got to say, I left God for multiple years and whatever, whatever anyone on this, if they don't identify with God, I, I'm, I call myself less religious now as I call myself spiritual. I don't practice a certain denomination. Um, I, but I deeply believe in God now. And I, I had a conversation with God that night and I was like, okay, what I'm doing is not working. Show me the next steps. And I just completely surrendered um, completely. And the next day my team member called me and she was about to go on maternity leave. And she's like, Amanda, I'm so stressed. And she just, and I don't think it was actually the next day, but it was in the next week or so. And she talked to me about her stress. And I was like, Madison, like, sorry, she knows, she knows the story. She knows I talk, I love her. We are still working together. We are tight. We are thick as thieves. And I'm so grateful for her because she raised red flags Cause you know what, can I, um, I'm sorry to say something, but like when you really love someone, you raise red flags. And, yeah. I, and I believe that both bosses and employees should raise red flags. And Madison raised a red flag to me and she told me how stressed she was. And then she made space for me to share how stressed I was. And then we just decided to slow down. Was so the stress because of, because of the pressure that you were putting on her to hit that million dollar in three years? Oh, no, and it wasn't on her. That was the pressure on me. I didn't give that full. But why was she stressed? Oh, just too much work, too much capacity. So it was so it was related to revenue because it was just, it was all too much too soon. We were scaling too fast. It's painful to scale that fast. So this is a great, great uh, segue into how do people that are super driven right, that want to be successful at their nine to five, how do you create an off switch? You've talked about it before, yeah. but like in, in your example, and I won't use her name again, but yeah, right, your employee who's, who's, who's driven to help you reach the, the company goal, how do you create balance for them, if that's the right word? We've talked to a lot of people and I had this conversation the other day, like balance does not exist. It's juggling. But how do you create an organization, an atmosphere, an energy that suggests, look, get, get the shit done, but don't, don't stress about it? There's a couple things. The first thing is, cause that you have to live it as a leader first. You cannot say it if you're not living it. That's the biggest thing. So then you yourself to live it. Okay, get this shit done, but don't stress. This is surrendering and believing in God. I, the chair, remember you guys were talking about the chair. You don't doubt that the chair is there. Like you just- She's pulled out some nuggets for, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I love yeah, it. Wait, this is my plug. Can I give a plug for you guys? 
Um, for anyone who in my audience is still listening, and we will wrap up, we'll wrap up soon. But um, I really think anyone who's in my audience or anyone who's in your audience or anyone who's new to the Vision Lab, I really think you got to go back and listen to their last episode. It is long, but it's a good conversation. You guys get into good stuff. Can you tell me the name of that episode again? Speak the fuck up. And is the one that you're talking about. We're, yeah. we're, we're blessed. Um, we've got over 100 episodes. I, I think the catalog is, is consistent. It's growth within the catalog itself of all the episodes that we've done, but it's it's about finding your way in this world, right? Um, almost a spiritual journey without the, what's the word I'm looking for? Without like the pressure of being like, God said this and yes. God said that. We're not I'm preaching. Yeah, we're not preaching. This is, these are real life people that are from every walk of life literally every that, walk. that, that are doing tremendous and amazing things you're you're, you're on you're 30 at this point um and you've got a, a business that's wildly successful that you created on your own right um and we we talk to people like you your story is what resonates with every other person in this world yeah. And so we want it, it's not, it's never about he and I, it's never about the vision lab. It's always about the guests and the insights that you can provide our visionaries. And so the episode that you're talking about is speak the fuck up. And the, the, those gentlemen are, are rock stars individually and collectively. Um, at that particular time, that was the longest episode. And we're going to kind of change things up to where, we're just gonna let the content flow. Oh, so yeah. rather, rather than being on this like 60 minute, look, if you're tuning in, first of all, thank you um, at this point, right? It's a long podcast, but why, why the hell not? Why you, not? Got some great, you got some great content, some great nuggets. So we just free flow and, and, and like Bruce Lee. Yeah, for sure. And, and just like Bruce Lee, it's, it's just water. You just navigate through whatever happens, happens. And, and we learn to adjust and deal with. And, yeah. you know, you're, you're talking about, uh, first of all, thank you for the shameless plug, but yeah. <laughs> you're talking about, um, you know, building a business and obviously TVLP is a business, right? Like, like we're, we're a nonprofit LLC and we're doing what we got to do. Um, but I've gotten to that point in, in, in our podcast life where if we go for two hours, we're gonna fucking go for two, two hours. hours. Yeah, yeah. Like if we go for an hour, say what? I might need a snack. Yeah, <laughs> but I think you, I think you really hit onto something. I, I want to do a shameless plug for your agency. Okay. Oh, I would what, love that. Thank you. Yeah. What can what can people expect um, that they can get from you as a social media agency? Yeah, let me tell you about our number one product for most people. We, I developed this product and I put it through some rigorous testing to make sure people really liked it. Um, but uh, social, truly outsourcing your social media costs a pretty decent amount of money to do it right. Because if anyone has ever run their own social media, it takes a ton of time, energy, and strategy. So if you, so businesses who, yeah, 
businesses who are looking to outsource to us, they our minimum is $1,500 a month, and that is for a basic bare bones package. We work with a lot of brands and businesses. Um, I, you know, one of our clients is Skanza. They're an amazing chocolate company. Um, so most of our, if you're looking to outsource your social to me media to us, you know, we're looking anywhere from $1,500 to the very high end is about six grand a month. That's for like full service, super intense tons of brand. Not everyone needs that, but I give that because I want people to understand that that's what it takes to outsource really high level, good social media content. And if someone is not charging that at some point, they're going to burn out and realize they're not making money. So just transparently, that's where the industry kind of needs to be at. You might find someone paying less than that. It's going to last for a little while, but the product we developed that everyone that we try to make for any business owner at any level is our two hour intensive strategy session. That is with me. I can only offer a certain number per month because guess what? Time is limited. Um, there's only one of me um, and I'm not cloning myself and I'm not using AI to make courses because I believe that the gift of Amanda should be experienced in person. Um, <laughs> but that is $500. So I would love to encourage um, people to do either a two hour strategy session or we'll do three sessions, two hours each for uh, $1,500. And real quickly, um, for all visionaries that are listening or to your audience that's still listening, how can they get a hold of, of, of Amanda McLaren and your, and your company? Yeah, so what they can do, um, I, I still give my email away, um, which is a choice um, as a CEO. So I do ask that if you email me, you email me intentionally, please. Um, but my email is Amanda at McLernan, M-C-L-E-R-N-O-N and co, A-N-D-C-O dot com. So it's Amanda at mclearnandco.com. You can also go to our website. It's mclearnandco.com written out. Um, we're in the middle of a pretty big web update. So if you see something there that you're like not really sure, honestly, please just email me. Let's set up a discovery meeting. If you're not sure what you need, let's talk. I love to talk to business owners. I love to talk to people who care about social media. Um, you know, our mission is to keep social media social, and that means doing ethical marketing on social media for brands that give a shit. So if that sounds like you, I would absolutely love to work with you. Um, if you really don't like social media and don't want to invest in it, I would kindly ask that you do not reach out. Understood. Um, before we switch gears, yes. um, start the, the back end of the show. Um, couple, I'm going to say thank you to a group that supported us for a long time. Now, it's the good folks at Dallas Sleep LLC. Yep. Um, I've got the uh, the Hamilton tonight. No, excuse me. No, this is the Pegasus. Excuse me. I'm smoking the Pegasus. Uh, you guys did your work. Great stick. Uh, thank you guys for all your support. We appreciate everything. This has been a, a great ride so far. Um, if you're looking for cigars, entertainment, uh, charity events, whatever it might be, get with the folks at Dallas Leaf LLC. The Instagram handle is at Dallas Leaf LLC. The website is DallasLeafLLC.com. So, Amanda, you have dropped a nugget earlier about yeah. an initiative that's very near and dear to you. Okay. Why don't I want to give you this opportunity to talk about the initiative, what yeah. folks can expect, yeah. and, and what it's really all about. Yeah, so let's talk about May is Mental Health Month. I'm going to get my physical calendar out. Look at how old. Come on now. Bring it on. May is Mental Health Month. Uh, so, 
in May, we are launching a keynote and a program that I've been working on for the last year called GTFO. But family friendly, it means get to freedom online. And you get to freedom online by getting offline, reconnecting with yourself, then others and the earth, and then getting back online. Um, it's a theory of how we can utilize social media in our lives. Um, I've been working on it for the last year. Um, this is my keynote. There will be more programs, more workshops, more retreats in the future for GTFO. But right now, this is the keynote. And all profits are going to go to mental health nonprofits, both in Reno and Denver. Um, it's only $18 per person. It's a Zoom event. And it is every Friday in May. And it is from 12 to 1 Mountain Standard Time. So do the math and wherever your time zone is. Um, for where that is for you. It's meant to be over your lunch break, which I know kind of breaks GTFO because GTFO, we're going to teach you that you actually should take lunch breaks offline. But listen, we got to get the content out there on Zoom first. Um, and then all of this is leading up and I, I'm so excited to announce this. Um, we are leading First Amendment events. Um, and Ooh. yeah, so this is the big spicy, ready? Um, it's called the big sit. And on Monday, May 31st, Memorial Day, I am asking, um, especially people in Reno and Denver, but anywhere in the world, and especially our country, can join us by just getting offline. We're going to get offline from wherever we are, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. for three hours. And we are going to put our phones away and we are going to reconnect with one another. In Reno and Denver, we're leading these First Amendment events in parks. In Reno, we are going to be at the Berkeley Lake Park, park um, near Tennyson. In Reno, we're going to be at Wingfield Park right near downtown. And we're going to ask that people wear pink and yellow um, just so that we can recognize each other. And we are going to disconnect so that we can reconnect. So there's a lot to uncover real quickly. Um, if, if you're a visionary, you're still tuning in. Again, thank you. You got about a week. You got two, two uh, you got the 21st and the 28th yep. for you guys to, to, to get plugged in to this awesome, awesome GTFO. Yeah, they can um, tickets. Can, can I tell them where to find tickets? Yeah, search, search GTFO on Eventbrite. Okay, if you just search GTFO on Eventbrite, you're going to come up, you're going to find the tickets. It's $18 a ticket. If you want your whole family, this is going to be a family friendly event. So if you want your whole family to attend, I just ask that you pay per person so that we can try to raise some profits for mental health. We've got like a 45-ish $100 cost. So we do need to sell some tickets to make sure that we can raise some money for some nonprofits here. Um, but I'm so excited for this. And I really ask that if this has been on your mind, or your family's mind, or if you even want to buy a ticket for every person in your company, I would really appreciate if we could all focus on getting a freedom online in May, raise some awareness for mental health, and uh, really, frankly, try to change the digital world and hopefully take that action and that time that we spend online and then the time to get offline. I mean, this is gonna sound totally crazy, but I, I just don't care anymore. Like. I really just would like to heal our country a little bit. Like I, I really, really, really believe that we need to reconnect right now. And I believe yes. we are at a critical point where we really need to reconnect or we are gonna see 
more pain, more destruction, more death. And lovingly, um, I understand the hurt and the pain and the anger. And I understand from, from everywhere, but I do believe we have to get offline and talk to each other. And, and there's gonna be pain and there's gonna be anger, but I believe we can work through it if we get offline. And oh. I, I deeply believe that we can heal as a country. Yeah, so many, you got two great um, initiatives that are right here and, you know, about to happen. I, everybody, if you can, $18 is such a deal, right? Like, that's an 18 pack, right? Forego one weekend of an 18 pack, support the, the initiative, less than $20 all in. If we can't be there, we're, we're definitely going to support, okay? Um, and I love what you're talking about, you know, connecting with people. We yeah. talked earlier online and we've been in a, in a divisive country and still are, yeah. um, you know, but, but most, most prevalently seen and known and, and wide open out there. I mean, there's, there's more, uh, shootings of, you know, black males, um, yeah. or excuse me, of black people. And that we had a conversation before we started recording. And I know it's something that's near and dear to you. Coming from a, a small town in Wisconsin, um, talk about how we can help bridge the, the racial gaps that exist in our country today. Yeah. Well, and this is just, I mean, this is one solution I believe there are many solutions that are needed and I believe there are many people working their asses off for solutions. So before I share a solution and idea that I have, I wanna say I have so much appreciation for anyone this year who has learned or who has challenged or who has had a hard conversation with themselves or with others, who has put in volunteer time Oh my God, we have some amazing volunteers in this country um, who has raised their voice when they felt called to speak. So I really quick, before I share my solution, I just wanna, I, I, I really need to express appreciation for anyone listening who has put in any amount of service towards this, this year. That yeah. being said, I think that travel is our answer. And how much fun, like what a fun fucking answer, right? Like, so I believe, um, I believe that change of location is absolutely vital for our survival, first of all, and that travel is essential, which is, I know is an unpopular opinion right now. And first of all, again, I deeply believe that you can travel safely right now. I know this because I've traveled, like I've actually traveled a pretty decent amount this last year. Um, you know, we went through a serious, serious lockdown phase and then we traveled safely and so we got tested before we wore masks we got tested after we were very mindful of our interactions like very mind you know very mindful but in each location we were we were given the opportunity to interact with people very different from us so the first place i went was north carolina i was scared as shit to go to north carolina this year for a couple of reasons i went to north carolina in um july July, August, I get, um, it's, it's all blending together a little bit right now, but I went over the summer and I was pretty wrapped up in some of the political stuff. And 
transparently, and I, you know, by the way, I hold such a deep appreciation for people of all views. Um, I just hold a deep appreciation for people. Um, I liked on your last podcast again, like even if you don't agree that your experience is your reality and like you can learn something, right? Another good nugget there. Um, I believe that as well, but I was scared as shit to go to North Carolina because there were um, Trump Pence signs everywhere. And every time I saw one, it triggered this response in me. It triggered this like fear because what the, what, um, you know, I, I, what the party that I was feeling towards leaning towards voting this year, what they were telling me was that Trump Pence voters hated me. And I know that the Trump and Pence team was telling their followers that the Biden teams hate them. So if both of these people are using hate as their weapons, okay, like, like, of course it's triggering these emotions. So I was scared as shit to go to North Carolina. And I got to tell you, we had the absolute best time. Everyone was so sweet. They were so kind. And like, we saw a lot of different people who probably did not agree with what we believe. Like, like we probably didn't agree on some things, but when we stripped that away and we just got people talking to people, it was amazing. I talked to this couple who had spent the last month on a sailboat with like a Jew youth from a juvenile detention. Like that was part of their thing. I mean, these people are so different, but we were still able to connect. And there, there's just a few more like different crazy things. But I, I believe that we really need to get out. We need to talk out to people. And also with, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I just was going to say, we got to get, get back to being humans and, 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 and get back to respecting humanity. I promise you, I promise you that if I took a knife and I cut my arm, and then I took the same knife and cut your arm. I promise you, we're gonna bleed the exact same color. And no matter your skin color, your race, your creed, your sexual orientation, we're all humans. We need to be fighting for, for one another and not against one another. Yes. Your political uh, affiliations or decisions that you, you, know, you make based off of political awareness is only based off of what you've been fed. Yeah. And it doesn't, if, if you were of the opposite political uh, affiliation from me, I don't know, we haven't talked about this and I really don't even care. I don't care either. What does, going back to Martin Luther King, what does the content of the character of the individual Bingo. look like? And, and, and you don't have to align with everybody. And that's cool. That's called diversity. And that's called having, you know, living in a world where there's other people and that's all good. You know, I can call you my sister, right? We're, you're not black, right? We, we never know each other outside of this interview, but that's the message of love yes. that, that really should be spread because at the end of the day, we have kids and children that, 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 are, that are being raised in this environment and we've lost too many to this point. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm a black male, 5'11", 225, 230. Mo's a black male. I'm not a threat to you. 
You don't have to pull your gun out and shoot, right? You're a white woman. It doesn't mean that you're going to scream and cry, um, you know. Just because somebody says. Right. And let's, let's just work our way back to humanity. That's it. Work our way back to humanity. I agree. And I think a big part of that is removing the fear, but also by removing the disconnection. I think it's so easy on social media to be afraid of what you don't know and be afraid of like, be afraid of the other, if you will, or them or something um, that is that you're seeing as separation. And I just really, really think that the more that we get back into real life, and that's what the big sit is all about, that First Amendment event, like, let's get offline, let's reconnect together, because that is where it happens. That is where the magic happens. There, let me tell you, yes, there are amazing things to the law of attraction that happen on social media, but the magic happens in the real world. And two other, can I stay on this topic for two things? Because I actually have some things. So one of the things that I want to talk about, one of the reasons I think travel is essential, and I want to encourage anyone who is ready for a vacation or to go anywhere, go somewhere. And you know what? Can I even challenge you? Go somewhere that scares the shit out of you. Part of the reason I went to New York, you guys, is because I felt myself getting so scared of the world, and I needed to prove to myself that I could do something that scared me, and that wasn't terribly scary, because everyone, when I, when I went to New York for about six weeks this year, everyone was like, oh no, the world, like, the world has ended there. Crime is insane. You're not going to be safe. Um, I mean, literally, we got like, we got inundated with this stuff. And it wasn't just friends. It was also like random acquaintances. It was also, frankly, um, I struggle to call it news or media because I know both of those words are triggering for different people. So I don't even know what to call it anymore. But like um, <laughs> things that I read online, um, right. like content it's fucking content sorry i swore but it's content okay so content was telling us like be scared of new york you guys new york was fucking awesome like first of all yeah we wear our masks but like that's fine like you wear your masks in new york because in new york they want to wear their mask right now but even on warm days when people were outside people would take their masks off do you know what I mean? no one really wants to wear the damn thing okay like I, I mean, some people do right now and that's okay, but like really, truly, like, I don't know that we all wanna do this for the rest of our lives, but like the big thing about reconnecting with New York for me, it was essential to me that I saw with my own eyes what was going on in New York in 2020, and I went in 2021, but like during this season, because I couldn't trust what I was reading online. It was completely different. I also believe that getting offline is absolutely essential for listening and understanding others. Social media is a great place to speak. It is a very difficult place to listen. Wow. Say it again. Say that one more Say time. Say that one more time, please. Social media is a great place to speak, but it is a very difficult place to listen. It's a gym right there. Bars. Write that down. Shout out to the OG. Shout out to text. I like that. Okay, thanks. And I just think one more okay one more and then i've got a and then i've got a quote that i want to read okay um, so one more um i believe that travel and getting offline is also essential to just get that fresh perspective and to shake up our source of inspiration 
because right now, and this, I'm going to lead this into rabbit holes, okay? So I'm going to make a connection point here. And this is where we get really deep. Um, I believe it is very, very easy to fall down rabbit holes online and through social media when you don't necessarily know you're falling down a rabbit hole. I believe that it is surprisingly easy to join groups or organizations that you join for like a real good purpose. But after spending too much time in that group and too much energy and too much of the same train of thought, that group compounds and compounds and compounds and compounds and it becomes a wolf pack. It becomes tribal. It becomes tribal. And this goes way back to who we are as like humans in our flesh and blood. Like this shit's in our DNA. But I think it's very, very, very easy um, because I think the way that a lot of people hook you is either with fear or with love. And I did not know that it could also be done via love, but I have to tell you guys, and if you want me to tell the story, I'll tell the story, but I accidentally almost fell into a cult this summer. Um, so, and I thought I was definitely, like, I'm not the kind of person to do that, uh, but I, I paid $12,000 for a life coach. And let me tell you, well, yeah, shit got real interesting. So we can, we can cover that story, but this thing, this stuff happens. And like, I think it's very easy. I think you should be very, very, very disconcerning about just really any content you're consuming. I'm not anti-media. I'm not anti-news. I'm not anti-social media. Again, I own a fucking social media agency. However, I do believe you should be very conscious of how much you're consuming and who you're listening to in your physical life and in your digital life. And I'm going to go one step further. Who have you made your idol? Ooh, that's good. Ooh, that's good. Come on. Yeah. I'm going to read something from Dr. Brené Brown, okay? Okay. In, Dare, in Daring Greatly, which is a great book, Brené Brown writes, the idea of do this or dislike these people if you want to be accepted into our group emerged as a major shame setup in research. Um, for those of you who don't know Dr. Brene Brown, she's out of Texas. She's absolutely amazing. She's a shame researcher. Um, she is a doctor. She, I mean, she is so incredible. And I study a lot of her research for my work um, in, my, in what I'm trying to do, connecting social media to mental health to all sorts of things. Brene continues, it doesn't matter if the group is a church or a gang or a sewing circle or masculinity itself. Asking members to dislike, disown, or distance themselves from another group of people as a condition of belonging is always about control and power. It may be disguised as belonging, but real belonging 
doesn't necess necessitate disdain. And that's a quote from Dr. Brené Brown. That's good. That is an awesome quote. That's real good. Well, so we, have, um, we have reached a point where we, uh, we're going to land the plane. Yeah. Uh, cut the glass, please, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, this segment is brought to you by the good folks at Grand Brulot Cognac. Thank you to uh, Francisco, the owner. Thank you to Jameson and the Lovers team, everyone who's a part of this partnership. Visionaries, the Instagram handle is uh, at Grand Brulot. That's B-R-U-L-O-T. We stand on the product for a reason. Uh, it is a cognac that we, uh, as you can tell, we uh, we actually enjoy. Um, so <laughs> cup your glass, please. Yes, sir. Is Cheers that is that the French flag I see on their bottle? Yes, yes. So I love this. Yes. yes. It's a cognac and it's outstanding. We 100% stand behind it. Um, I gotta get a bottle of that. Well, we'll get you connected. Here's the deal. We were talking before uh, we started recording. You have plans to come to Dallas. Yes, your golf event. Can we? Can you oh. guys tell us about your golf event? Because I, yeah, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna be there. So here's the deal. This is off the cuff, no pun intended. Um, our golf event, the annual second annual Vision Lab Podcast Golf Classic, will be uh, June 19th, which is Father's Day weekend, the Saturday before. Okay. 8.30 shotgun start at Irving Golf Club. Uh, we're super excited. We're going to be benefiting the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of North Texas, as well as the Alzheimer's Association of Greater Dallas. This year, what we've decided to do is actually give back to teachers. As a teacher appreciation, we're, we're super excited to be you know, giving them gift cards, um, of random amounts to random teachers in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, just saying thank you. 2020 was a hell of a year. You guys had to deal with a lot from um, in-person as well as online. We thank you. We praise you. We, we are so grateful for each one of you guys that are teaching our youth to be the best version of themselves uh, right now. And so that's going to be benefiting all three of those organizations. And in addition to that, we've got a super exciting announcement. Yes. We're partnering with Greg Ellis, who will be the official um, celebrity, host. celebrity host for the second annual Vision Lab podcast, Golf Classic. With that being said, Miss Amanda, um, you told us, hey, I'm coming to your event. And that is amazing. We're going to have Francisco himself the owner of Grand Brulot will be in the building passing out special uh, mixed drinks with Grand Brulot. So hopefully you get an opportunity to, to meet him. Um, but with that, when you come down, I want to give you the opportunity to speak to all the golfers while you're there. Oh, I would love that. Yes. Oh, I want you to talk about your mental health, uh, health awareness, as well as all the initiatives that you discussed today. Thank you, thank you. And thanks to everyone listening. This is such a beautiful opportunity. And truly, you guys, I, I really look forward to this because I, I think it is really special that we get to come together and have this conversation. And, you know, I, I know that you guys, cause you know, I follow, um, follow you Ryan and I'm sorry I don't I don't I didn't know you guys as Cuff and Mole first I knew you as Ryan and Ryan first so it's like very hard for me to make that switch but anyway, that's so true. okay but anyway I 
I just know y'all as, oh, did you see I dropped a y'all? Um, oh, come on. Welcome, Virgin. I just, That's yeah, I did. I, I used it for four years, but I always feel like a fraud, but I really love that word. Um, it's so good. There's no other word like, like you guys, because that's the other thing. Like you guys or y'all, like it sounds so much like classier, like y'all. Um, mm. But I just, I just know y'all as people who walk your talk. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I, that's really important. So um, one of the questions we ask everybody on the show is when we, when we land the plane, yeah. it is you, Amanda McLernan, and uh, there is a round table. There are five other seats at the table. You get to have anybody at the table. The only stipulation or caveat is that you can't have, you know, whatever religious deity that you believe in at the table. You're, you're a southpaw. I did not plan for this. I did not get that far in the episode, so I'm so sorry that I'm not like super prepared. But let's it's do. Okay. What? It's okay. Okay, I'm writing because I'm getting yeah, my thoughts. So, number one, Helen Keller. That woman is a fucking amazing. I just read another book on her, and um, oh my god! But you know what's the funniest thing about Helen Keller is? Can I just tell you that I um, no, never mind. She's a fucking amazing, but um, Helen Keller, Harriet Tubman, uh, Harriet, she's a badass. That woman is, that woman has no fear. That woman looked fear in the face and was like, no, like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Like, she's incredible. So Harriet Tubman, okay, let's keep doing this. Um, I think that's the first time we had Oh, she's amazing. Do you know, I just read a book about her too. And you know what's incredible about Harriet Tubman? Um, she is a really amazing storyteller. So the funny thing about this book is because now people get to also like write about her, um, is like her stories would get more intense as she got older. And it's just funny because like we are all still people. We all still storytell. You know what I mean? Like when I get really jacked about a story, like of course I'm gonna like really paint the picture. Apparently, like Harriet Tubman was a great storyteller. But like just like sometimes like my dad, the size of his fish gets like bigger over the years. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of the what the book was saying was that it was kind of insinuating that Harriet Tubman's stories over the years got more intense. And I was like, that's funny. Um, but like go for it okay the third one is my grandma jan so my grandma jan passed um early young she was young um she was early 70s um and you know i really regret not being able i so i don't say i regret this because this wasn't really my fault but like um i didn't get to know my grandma as an adult and um you know my grandma was such a badass um but she really She really, um, I don't think she did some of the things she wanted to do. So the cool thing is, is that I, I, I am very connected with my grandma spiritually. So um, I, I know I get to spend time with Grandma Jan every day from like a spiritual perspective, but I would really love to hug her again. Um, that would be really special. So Grandma Jan is one of them. We all three relate to our grandmas. Oh my God, grandmas are the most special thing in the world. And, and even not biological grandmas. Elder women are extremely wise and elder men are sweethearts. It, 
like not always I'm generalizing here, but I'm just saying, if you know, good ones, please be nice to them because they are really amazing. And you'll be that one day too. Oh my God. I'm going to be the best grandma. Look at this. I'm already, I already dress in grandma. Okay. Like (laughs) I found at an antique store for $4. Like I, I, I already cut, like I cut coupon, like I'm ready. <laughs> okay, wait, I got to think about my last two. Okay, I'm going to. So you got Helen Keller, Harriet Tubman, Grandma Jane. You got two more seats. Okay. You know what? This motherfucker's wild. Winston Churchill. Oh. He's a, he's just a, he's just a, like, have you read about him? He's a, he's a feisty little badger. Like, <laughs> there's a Wisconsin right there. He's a feisty little. There's a Wisconsin. Um. Okay, but then um. You got you one seat left. Got to make it count. Can I give you one more? You want it? So I antique. By the way, this is one of my bet. Oh, sorry, my computer screen is. So good. This, you guess who this is? Who is that? This is Pat Nixon. Who's Pat Nixon? Richard Nixon's wife? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of her? No, we always just hear about Richard. Me too. I found this antiquing, and I gotta tell you guys, this is the coolest little fucking thing that I've ever found antiquing. And I did not buy this because I thought it was an antique, like a really good antique. I buy antiques that I like, like this little owl. But I, lo- I saw this woman and I was like, she looks beautiful. Like she just looks, and I loved the frame. So, but then the other day I got a message from God. That's like, hey, you should look at the back of that photo. And I was like, okay. I just listen these days. I literally do not question anything. I just do it. Check this shit out. Official photograph the White House, Washington. Wow. So this is an original and it's like, it's an original from 1969, and this is Pat Nixon. So I looked her up. This bitch was rad. Like, she, <laughs> like, like, she, 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 okay, so she was one of the most traveled. She went to all areas of the world, not just the country. And people like she was an ambassador, and they call him like her Madam Ambassador. And she connected with so many people of different religions, different races, different ages, just she was a connector. And she really promoted volunteerism throughout the United States, which is very ironic because one of my core values is volunteerism. I am a, are you guys, have you guys ever heard of 4-H? Say 4-H. One more time. 4-H. 4-H? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Um, uh, like amazing, amazing nonprofit that basically helps youth um, just give that gives youth leadership opportunities and teaches youth how to connect with hobbies. And I, I don't know, that's the best way I can describe 4-H. But anyway, I'm big into volunteerism. Pat was huge into volunteerism. Um, but of course, all of her life's work got overshadowed by Watergate. But you know what's really interesting? And I just have to say this, and I don't know, honestly, I'm too, I'm so young for Watergate. I don't know the damn thing about that. Like, we weren't there either. Okay, yeah. What's really interesting is I looked up Pat and I was just reading on her because 
when the Lord tells me to read something, I read something. Um, and like she, she was truly incredible and she made so much change and she connected with children. Like she really did so much. And before she was in the white house, she was a working woman. Like she made her full on salary before her husband. Like she was really, she was really her own woman. And then leaving the white house, she was, she defended her husband until the very last breath. Um, essentially like he like basically like set up I don't know exactly know the full details but like and she said the only regret I have in life is that I will not live to see my husband's um uh what's it called v um that not validation um when you're uh -huh. no I'm forgetting the word but like not vindicted or it, like oh, when vindicated. what Vindicated. Yes. She's like, that is my only regret in life is that I will not leave to see, I will, you know, because, and, and that's crazy. Cause I, cause we all know Nixon is like bad, bad, bad guy. And so I don't know. I really, you know what I mean? I don't care. Like these people are all dead, frankly, like, and when I say, I don't care, it was just so amazing that Pat did some of this stuff. And I'd never heard of Pat before. Pat's not someone that I learned about in the history books. So thank well, goodness. That, that is, yeah. that is a, a hell of a list. Run them down one more time. Uh, Harriet Tubman, Helen Keller, Pat Nixon, Grandma Jan, and uh, Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. Yeah, that's a really good list. It's a so, really good list. It, here's the deal. As we land the plane, I want to give you one more opportunity to um, drop all your social media handles and your website. Okay. Thank you. Um, so our website is mclernonandco.com. That is M-C-L-E-R-N-O-N-A-N-D-C-O.com. You can find us on Instagram at mclernonandco. That's the social media agency. If you're interested in our mission, that is at Keep Social Media Social. If you would like to start participating and keep social media social, start using the keep social media social hashtag. That's where our community finds each other. I will say our community has grown massively in the last year and there are now more than 40,000 uses of keep social media social. And transparently we are still learning we are still trying to communicate with the community about what keep social media social really means because there's a lot of social there's a lot of social media managers out there who just thinks it means like posting two or three times a week and doing consistent social stuff. And it's like, um, yes, and um, let's be ethical, let's be ethical marketers, and also let's get offline, like let's actually not spend our whole lives online. Um, so that's anyway, you can find us um, either at keep social media social and you can start using the hashtag when you post on Instagram, because by the way, social media tip, you definitely should use your hashtags, hashtag strategy 101. Think about your hashtags as something when someone is looking for something, how are they going to find you? So if you guys are targeting visionaries, you should be look. Where else do visionaries hang out online? What hashtags do they follow? You should be using those hashtags so that your content pops up to them and then they can find you. So that's Love that's Love that. one, but yeah. Here, we, we ask this question to every single guest into the lab. And, and before we do that, I, I just want to say thank you. Absolutely. Um, the energy is on, you know, on a scale of one to 10, it's a, it's a 12, right? 
Um, and I, I appreciate the authenticity in the, in the organic fashion that it comes, right? Um, it's been a treat. This is the first time that I've met you. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is the first time that y'all seen First time we met face to face. Yeah. yeah. But, but this is raw, uncut, organic, and, and I'm just, I'm in love with the energy. Yeah. No question. Thanks. Um, me in real life. It's like a 15. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, we're going to make, when you come down, you're going to yeah. have your first car. Can I say something really quick before you say that? Isn't that also Juneteenth? Yes. Yeah, is that a part of this? Because you guys, you guys just didn't say it either now or then, and I think we should. I think we should well, tell people about Juneteenth. I said it's on Juneteenth. Yeah, yeah but it's, this happens to be Father's Day weekend this year too. Yeah, so. it just fell that way. But yes, we. we Can you guys being from Texas? We 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 know all about Juneteenth. Yeah, I don't know if all of my audience knows about Juneteenth. Can you tell us what Juneteenth is really fast? Um, the Cliff Notes version is, is that uh, Lincoln freed the slaves in 1865, I do believe. Um, essentially, uh, the slaves here in Texas basically didn't find out until two years later, because obviously um, there was no social media back then. Um, obviously, our access to uh, the newspapers and, you know, the ability to read and write was not necessarily a thing that we were supposed to be able to have at that point in, uh, in America's history. And so uh, I believe they found out or, or essentially yeah, they found out on June 19th of 1867, if my, if my, date, my date is correct. Yeah. So we didn't know that the, the, the black culture were not actually emancipated and free for another two years. For another two years. Yeah. So in Texas. And so that's why here in Texas we celebrate Juneteenth. I love that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just want to make sure that everyone knows because I think that's important. No problem at all. all right, so um, last question. Last question of the pod. Um, in case you didn't know, we do have a magical time machine here in the Vision Lab, right? So, what would Amanda McLennan? What advice will she be giving herself from five years ago? Wait, what advice would I give myself five years ago? Today, your today's version of who you are. What advice would you be giving yourself? from 25 or at the uh, age of 25. Yeah, uh, drop the ego, lead with your mission. Drop the ego, lead, lead with your mission. mission. That I'm writing title. that I'm writing that down. Drop the ego, lead with your mission. That's dope, that's absolutely dope. I got a tattooed on my finger. Oh, draw. sorry. I, 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 it's a weird finger to show, but it's for me. It's not a tattoo for anyone else. Cause look, you can't even see it. I have it. Um, yeah. that's a, that's a reminder for me. Drop the ego. Yeah, social, social media can inflate your ego. It did for me. It created, there was a, there was a bit, I was not the best version of myself. There was a bit that I was a bit of a monster. There are people who I've hurt and I have apologized and I will apologize again. But um, yeah, you, you let your ego grow too much and um, you can become someone you don't recognize. That's, that's another gem right there. Um, now we're gonna fast forward the clock. So you're okay. now five, okay, Amanda? Five. Um, what advice would the 35 year old version of yourself, what advice are they giving you today? Mm. Spend more time offline, girl. Go flirt with your boyfriend. And <laughs> don't put off having babies for too long. 
That's it. I love it. I mean, it's personal yeah. advice from me to me, so that one's less, but I think that's. That's what it is, though. That It's 100% personal. It's supposed to be from you to you. Yeah. And so um, the cool thing about, you know, this being on YouTube, and if, if you made it this far and you like uh, the content, would love for you to hit, hit that like button and subscribe. Um, but the cool thing about this is that you can always go back to it and say, did I actually do what I say? Mm -hmm. So you're yeah. now on wax. Well, right? yeah. well, then that's the thing. I got to figure out how to scale this company to a million a year, but spend half the time online. And it's a social media agency, but I think I can do it. I mean, I, I think, I think. I have, no, I have no doubt that you'll be able to do that. It's not a challenge. It's just an opportunity. Yep. Opportunity. And if we figure it out, then I get to teach it. And then everyone gets to have a business and a life offline. There's no such thing as an unsolved problem, just unfound solutions. I agree. So, with that being said, um, it's been a pleasure to have you in, in the lab. Just uh, absolutely, like, I love it. I love you. I love everything that, that we've, you know, we've done. The energy was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for jumping into the Vision Lab. Uh, remember, visionaries, each one of our guests that drop into the lab are dropping nuggets of wisdom here on the trail of life. Ultimately, my friends, it's up to you to pick them up. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. The voice you've been listening to, the wonderful face you've been watching is Amanda McLernan. She is the CEO of McLernan & Co., the social media agency. Uh, obviously, reach out to her with any of your social media needs. Uh, we will see you guys next week on another great episode of the Vision Lab Podcast. Blessings. <laughs>